Pastor Jim Butler. Today's podcast is the first of a series of 21 podcasts that I'll be creating over the next several months. The goal of this series is very simple, and it's to help us answer some of the most common questions about Christianity, as well as some of the greatest controversies. One of the ongoing debates that has plagued the church from the very beginning and still does today concerns the question regarding salvation. How does one get saved? So today I want to help clarify what the Bible says about salvation, and in particular, whether baptism is necessary for salvation. To begin with, we have to deal then with the root problem that causes such confusion, and that is a deficient understanding of sin. Many believe that by some human activity, such as baptism or some other ceremony, man can conquer sin and bring about his own salvation. But that's not what the scriptures tell us. The Bible is clear that as a result of Adam's sin, man is spiritually dead. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 2.1 that we're dead in our transgressions and sins. Now think about that for a moment. Dead people have no capacity to respond, right? Being born spiritually dead means that we're utterly incapable of finding God on our own. Isaiah 64.7 tells us that there is no one who calls on your name, no one who arouses himself to take hold of you. So in other words, nobody can really call out to God without God's grace, and we can't pick ourselves up by our own bootstraps. So sin makes us incapable of seeking God because of our own unregenerate state. Isaiah goes on to say, for you, that is God, have hidden your face from us and has delivered us into the power of our iniquities. Now, the power of the curse is so overwhelming that we won't seek God and nor can we find him. And that's exactly what Isaiah means when he says that God has hidden his face. We simply can't find him on our own. So what about baptism? Can it save? Well, no, it can't. Those who believe that baptism does save often turn to Acts 2.38 as their proof text, which says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, at first glance, it does sound like baptism brings forgiveness of sin. But that's not what Peter says here. Now, the debate can be settled with a number of grammatical considerations, but for the sake of time, I want to draw your attention to one little detail. And that's the little preposition for. Now, for can be understood in a couple of different ways. Consider the following phrase, Jesse James is wanted for murder. What would that mean? Well, again, it could mean two things. It could mean that Jesse James is wanted for the purpose of committing murder. So we might say, hey, go find Jesse because we want him to murder somebody. It's also possible that it could mean that Jesse James is wanted as a result of having already committed murder. And that, of course, speaks of result. So we might say, hey, go find Jesse because he has committed the act of murder. This is the normal way that we used for. That's the normal meaning, meaning result of something that's already been accomplished. Now, that's how Peter uses it. Just as Jesse James is wanted as a result of murder, we are to be baptized as a result of our sins having been forgiven through repentance. So a more accurate translation would read this way, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, as a result of the forgiveness of your sins. Baptism is not the cause of salvation. It is important, though, as a symbol of profession, but it comes after we're saved. 
That's clear in verse 41 as Peter summarizes the scene. He says, so then those who had received his word were baptized. So the order is first to receive the word of God in belief and then be water baptized after conversion. Now, if Peter meant that baptism saves, wouldn't it be necessary to include it in all the other times the gospel is given after that first statement? Well, of course it would. But if we read through Acts, we find that the next eight presentations of the gospel don't include baptism. Now, that is a very serious omission if baptism is necessary for our conversion. Now, what about others? Did others believe that baptism saved? What about Paul? What did he believe? Will you be the judge? Listen to 1 Corinthians 1.17, and he said this, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. So God's apostle to the Gentiles, the most profound apostle in the New Testament, who wrote 13 of the 27 New Testament books, would say that he didn't believe that baptism saves. It couldn't be. That means that none of those epistles affirm baptism. And he affirms it, of course, that only by the gospel is one saved. What about Jesus? Did he believe that baptism saves? Well, first, we have no record of him ever baptizing anyone. So does that mean that while Jesus was on earth in his 33 years of ministry, that he didn't save anybody? But beyond that, not one time did he ever mention baptism when he invited people to enter the kingdom. All he claimed was repentance. He mentioned baptism at no time. Well, how about John? Well, the book of 1 John was written that we might know that we have eternal life. Belief is mentioned, of course, in those passages, but there's no mention of water baptism. So it's very clear that the Bible testifies that we are saved by faith alone in Christ alone. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us that it's by grace through faith that we're saved, and that it's not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, and then in 9, he says, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Well, baptism is necessary, and it's important as an affirmation of our faith. But baptism is still a work of man, something that we can boast about, and that would disqualify it from being a means of salvation. Paul also states in Romans 1, 16 through 17, that he wasn't ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God for everyone who believes what? believes. And he goes on to say that our righteous standing before God is by what? By faith from first to last. Again, no mention of water baptism. Finally, Christ's own words in John 3, 16 through 18 demonstrate that faith, not baptism, is a condition of our salvation. Now, this is a verse that's most common and most used when given the gospel. And he tells us that if one believes, he shall not perish. If he does not believe, he's already been judged because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Clearly, the reason for eternal damnation has nothing to do with water baptism. Everything hinges on the truth, whether we believe in Christ. So in conclusion, the scriptures tell us that water baptism is not necessary for salvation. What we're told is that it's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, apart from works. We'll be watching my next podcast where I'll answer the question, do we choose Christ or does he choose us? Is the doctrine of election true or is it not? 
Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Until then, may you learn Christ, love Christ, and live for the cause of Christ. Thanks. Thanks.